0: start with that mate? I am just trying to like get things moving somewhere like so you know I've always said to myself like during like the, the times where I've struggled with mental health in the past that if I can just get through this then I can do that you know if I can just get through this then I can focus on my weight or finance or whatever the fuck mm-hmm. it happens to be and I think a lot of people do that like, put stuff off until they feel like whatever they're dealing with now is out the way and that's kind of where I was so I like getting the channel moving it's no, not a lot of content there know There's some clips which was me just fanning about on the PlayStation. we like, what can I do on the fly? What can I day that will like feed a Twitter feed? You know what I mean? Like rather than maybe like a YouTube channel or whatever it is, and then some gameplay and that. But it'll expand for there. I mean, it's one of these things that's I've put on everything about it that I'm literally trying to use as an exercise to learn the edit and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, anybody that's engaging with early doors should know that it's, you know, quite rough at the minute, but Aye. the idea is today something we down the line. You know what I mean? But it's been fun. I
1: mean, I think then, that's the way things are kind of gone. Like I'm, I set up a Twitch stream for rock because I was saying to her, she was like, oh, like, we like content, you know, yeah. like with a day and I was like, just record, just sit and record, just set up a camera, set up a light. You know, we figured out how to fucking airplay our iPad Pro to the Mac. And I was like, and then you just record. I think she was actually quite surprised at how easy it is, but what I will say is, is that I've done two or three of these setups, yes. so I'm like, no, you just do this and here's how you get into OBS and mm-hmm. you set up your frame and blah and then forgetting that that took me hours on YouTube, so yeah. I'm going,
0: Oh, what am I doing with this? And that's and- kind of what I'm planning this week is now, I know how to like, I can snip stuff down to like what I need on the PlayStation, they bother, transfer it to a hard drive mm-hmm. and then it's just about really pasting them together in like a format that matches whatever a script you know what i mean and then the bike's the same i got the bike yesterday and (laughs) i mean i'm a big guy right you know Uh to put it mildly i have been for quite a period of time uh you know I, i was not one of those people who took the pandemic to exercise because I fell in love with gaming. Um, I kind
1: of wish i did have the day. No bothered mass with exercise.
0: But I think as I've come out uh, when we spoke last time, I was talking about actually having feeling like I'd made like a level of piece of myself, and it just that at the minute has just got like stronger every day since. And like I think between more sort of COVID scales and stuff like that, I almost at times also just didn't really have the drive for this in between times because I don't know, I just took that time to like enjoy no being like under the cosh, I feel like we've Uh been under the cosh for years, and you know, Stace got her new job, the way and get accepted to college, she's doing her driving lessons, I've got my new job, like, Mm -hmm. you know, our finances are going to be as strong as they've ever been in the not too distant future, which has come at a great time given what everybody else has gone through with, or even what we're all going through with this cost of living crisis and stuff like that, so I I was just like, I I said it on Twitter, like, when you're in the bad times you always forget when you commit it to like just... Take note. Just, just, I enjoy the fact All that right. that's not... And this time I really fucking lent into it, so I did. So I, um, for anybody that was waiting on episodes, there was genuine COVID scares and stuff, but there were probably times where I could have been a wee bit more proactive in terms of getting folk in and stuff like that, but we'll, we're wrapping back up now. I, I think All some right. of the, the apathy that I've felt towards, you know, the, the UK politics um has really been sort of shattered in the last couple of weeks, Um, where mm-hmm. now I just feel incandescent fucking rage
1: like uh, yeah. um no wonder man i mean uh, some of the scenes the last sort of week you know like i mean talk about predominantly rwanda <laughs> and what this fucking rwanda deal is like f- i've not really engaged that much but for what i can pick up is anybody that comes here that i mean i don't i don't even know what the are fucking uh, immigration policy is right now, but it looks like anybody that comes here, even if it's coming if you through like to, a war zone. to
0: the UK and you're no white, you can basically get to fuck. Right. Essentially. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, we're throwing the door open for Ukrainian refugees as we should, um, right. but we're shipping other, you know, quote unquote less desirable people halfway around the world, um, which in itself is people trafficking. Um, so the notion that we are going to stop people trafficking over the channel by trafficking people to Rwanda where they can be used as like discount labor or whatever the fuck they plan I on know, using them like for is just slavery. ridiculous.
1: It's like slavery. Isn't it? If if that's why they're going to do that, if the, it looks like we've signed a deal to supply Rwanda with labor, it feels via like it. immigrants that are coming into this country that are fleeing war zones. Or yep. even I seen a guy that was like, "Well, if they're coming here for a better life." They can just stay in France. And it's like, mate, people's families are here. People's like it, people coming for like Pakistan, there, they might have had family here for like 20, 30 years. Yeah. Probably been here longer than that fucker that tweeted up. But <laughs> um it's like so what we're doing is is like we're shipping people I don't even know if this is this is true, but it feels like we're shipping people over to like a third world country to become cheap labour. And that
0: is the way that we have signed like a weird trade deal with Rwanda. Or, like, I mean, that, am I, I getting I, that right? <laughs> I, I mean, again, I've not read every mo- every letter of the, the, the detail of the policy either. Um, but the broad strokes that I've picked up so far feel very much like that because, you know, it was framed very much as a trade deal. And, you know, I think they were saying there was, you know, 600 people came across the channel last week. Right, okay, fine. Uh, we're spending £5 million a week on hotels. And you're like, right, okay, but that's, you know, no, the notion that these people are traveling illegally is a fucking nonsense because there is no way for refugees to travel illegally. It's it's just know how it works. Like, so the notion that it's been branded illegal migration or economic migration, mm-hmm. which is, you know, sort of dog whistle, you know, racism, again, where well, they're just here for the benefits. They're just here, you know, for that Stewart shit. or our NHS. Aye. <laughs> no. it completely ignores the fact that I've seen quotes between 50 and 75 percent Asylum Cases that relate to the people who are likely To be shipped to Rwanda Mm -hmm. Are actually successful So we're taking people Who are coming to the UK And who are largely being accepted For their asylum applications Which means they are entirely legitimate Even if the Tories classify them as illegal The system does not On a massive scale So again When the likelihood that these people that come into the country Looking for asylum, looking for refuge are going to be accepted, why would we ship them six thousand miles away somewhere else if there wasn't an ulterior motive? And it does feel like a labour exchange in in right. certain respects. Um and
1: if that that is real, right? Let's just say that's that's the scenario. Then it is slavery because how what's the I mean what's the minimum wage in Rwanda? I don't know. Or like how much are they going to get paid being out there? Yeah. And like are people that are seeking asylum here are not even allowed to work. So they come here and we're like, no, you're not allowed to work, but we'll ship you off to this place and you can go and you can work ah, there. it's about that
0: hostile environment that they've talked about in the past. It's about giving the impression to anybody on their way here that it's no worth coming here. I don't know that they necessarily expect, and, and they probably will expect it because they're horrible fucking bastards, to be fair, but I think it's, they're going to say it's about deterrent. So It's about saying to these immigrants and refugees that It's going to be so difficult for you to actually establish a life here that it's not even worth your while coming here. Uh, Even though, as we say, an overwhelming majority of the cases that do come here are accepted. You know what I mean? So it's just outright racism. I mean, I think the fact that, I mean, I mentioned it on the Twitter feed um, through the week, and I'd actually held fire on it in the past because I've heard similar noises about this type of policy in the past, Mm -hmm. um, in, in the very recent past. It has been something that they've clearly been batting about. You know, internally for you know quite a period of time, and then the research, they must they must think it's a vote winner, or they would not be doing it. Um, and mm-hmm. I I mean, I don't know why, but there is nothing these guys don't do. We are we are motive and we are purpose. You know what I mean? Like, Aye. Um. Mm-hmm. So they must assume that there is a actual group of people out there that will get them. Other than- now, keep in mind, they won an eighty seat majority with twenty six percent of the population. So
1: Mate, I think that it has been an overwhelming success for the the voters. I mean, we, we, we live in a certain type of people and I've even been seeing a lot of support for it. So if it penetrates through a sort of echo chamber of like sort of liberal leftists and you can see people being like, what's wrong with us? And try to make arguments for it. Then I think within their voter base,
0: the Brexiters, this is going Aye, they've to be done good like thing. Ma- they've absolutely done the math. Aye. Like there's no, way they've, there's no way they haven't, you know what I mean? So like, what's the end
1: goal? What's, what's the purpose of this? Is Like I get the feeling
0: Agitating enough racists to keep them in power long enough to steal money of right. the country for their pals—exactly what they've always done. I think that there's maybe a part of this is um, trying to push.
1: Um, I don't I try to say this in a sort of like PC way, but they'll try to push young white British
0: people to do the jobs that migrants would traditionally do. Yeah, I mean, but I think that was one of the big downsides when you know the people who were picking fruit and veg. You know, one of the early post Brexit impacts we've seen was that migrant workers who would normally come and do that work wouldn't weren't able to come, didn't want to come, and that the people left in the UK just refused point blank to do the work. Like just as sort of one example of that, it is very much the case. Like mm-hmm. um for me, I, again, as I say, I've I've toyed with the notion as they've batted this idea about a uh, referring to, the, the sort of Madagascar plan in the past and, and kind of held fire on it because So what was that? What was the Madagascar so plan? the Madagascar plan was a plan envisioned by the Nazis um, just before the beginnings of the, the, the sort of Holocaust or the, the main part of the Holocaust because obviously minorities and, you know, undesirables all across the, you know, Nazi-occupied Europe were always in danger throughout the war uh-huh. um, but when it ramped up to, like, the actual Holocaust levels um the precursor to that was what was called the Madagascar Plan, where the Nazis essentially proposed taking all the Jewish population, uh sort of Central and Eastern Europe, and basically moving them to Madagascar uh, and just basically just dumping them on an island and, and letting them go anywhere. Um and essentially like a big open air prison um that would have been right. used <laughs> to like house the Jewish population okay. of Europe. Um, it's the type of stuff that people
1: used to come out with in the 90s when it was heroin addicts wanted to just build a wall, just put them on a. Mm. It's like, we can't
0: do that. But like, yeah. it's like, well, hmm, aye, we'll just find somewhere to dump. Them I mean, <laughs> we don't and, and I'm not in any way, shape, or form giving the Nazis any credit here whatsoever, but even they seen this type of action as completely impractical. Now, the solution or the final solution that they came up with as, as a result of no being able to enact this type of plan was obviously the Holocaust. Now, I'm not saying that we're. You know there but it certainly feels like we're on the path because they've talked about revoking british citizenship they've talked about deporting people who they don't want in the country how long before these two things come together and they decide that because you know a lot of huge amounts of homophobia are rising up all across the country and transphobia like what if that's the next one so because you're a transsexual transgender you're off to rwanda next or you're gay or political activists for LGBTQ sort of policies or ideas like yep, yeah, you're next to Rwanda. We're revoking your citizenship. You know what I mean? Like, are they going to end up doing it prisoners? You know, that, like where you, does it stop if we're going to start deporting people that we don't we, want in the country? Kinda
1: did that in Australia. We what sent, is that? sent convicts to Australia at one point to do labour. Um and it's like, are we returning to this type of
0: shit? Is this where we really are? Aye. Well, I mean it is. I mean it's it's uh, it's exactly where we are uh-huh. right at this moment in time fucking you know what I mean <laughs> Really, and it is and this is where I think the, the straw broke the camel's back from my apathy at the minute because I have just been in terms of UK wide politics done and And we said this in the last episode but I was just like they've got nothing for me you know what I mean like, I still believe that's the case like they're actively trolling people like us every day it's, it's their MO you know what I mean that's like, how they ingratiate themselves with the nutters that actually support them you know what I mean like but now I'm like I still 100 percent want out the UK, but like I think we need to find ways between now and then to fuck with this mob at every possible opportunity. Mm-hmm. We need an active like sort of protest movement. We need civil disobedience. We're at the stage now where these guys need to be driven into the fucking sea, like because they're not going to stop unless we stop them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Whether that be at the ballot box, whether that be through protest, it's not a, it's not a coincidence that. They banned protest, you know, and and sort of criminalized it very recently because they knew what was coming next and they probably still know what's coming beyond (laughs) that. It's (laughs) just outrageous, yeah. Man, this
1: is this seems like the beginning or something, doesn't it? This isn't the end. Like, this is them coming out of Covid and being like, right now, we need to put these things, these things have been in the pipeline, yeah, but they've kind of like, I mean, we spoke a lot during the start of the lockdown about like. When we came out of the other side of this, we're gonna see what world we're kind of left with. And I think me and you, with twenty twenty hindsight, had this sort of
0: naive. I, I definitely did. Let's pull together. We might come and together. Those first here. episodes of the pandemic, we definitely were hoping for the best.
1: Aye, but it seems that we're coming out the other side of it and I we're getting like cost of living doubling, inflation going up, yeah, people getting shipped out to Rwanda. Like, the guy fucking raising more
0: taxes doesn't he pay any self, neither does his wife. You know what I mean? Like, the one rule for us, one rule for them has got so far beyond a joke that, like, this I mean, this government is as much as they've won an election. I don't see how any sane person can still look at them as a legitimate government. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. all this non Dom status for Rishi for his wife, now they're taking Savi Javid. Uh, the the home no uh, home secretary see the mayor of London no that's that's Khan uh, Um aye. but aye. I know who you're talking about the bold Ah, he was guy. the home secretary at one point uh-huh. and um, and was removed and replaced with pretty Patel um, because he refused to take a, a, an order to some that I can't remember now at probably that. aye sorry. well no but then even with us like there was talk I've seen um, a couple of really sort of credible journalists online saying. The civil service pushed back on this, so like, the guys involved in implementing this policy who are meant at least to be sort of apolitical in terms of their approach, mm-hmm. um, have came and said to the Home Secretary, this is absolutely unworkable, like, this is this plan is fucking batshit, like, we are in no position to implement this, and go to the basically three-line whip treatment where the actual Home Office has went, no this is the policy, you will implement it, full stop, there will basically be no further discussions about this, so, you know I mean, the people who are the experts in these fields, who actually implement these policies have already said to the government, this is mental, like, what the fuck are you doing, you know what I mean, like, mm-hmm. but they're like, fuckies, you know what I mean, like, and it's the same as the non-dom, the tax status, you know, fucking party gate, I mean, Jesus Christ, like, as much as I absolutely get the outrage, like, you know, people were dying, I mean, the cunts were sitting fucking, taking, like, and I'm the fan of the Royals, right? But taking luggages, suitcases full of booze into Downing Street the night before the Queen's husband's funeral and having fucking karaoke nights and all sorts of shit. Mm-hmm. And then stoning in Parliament and being like, I was not aware of any parties while he's been sitting blowing candles on his end cake. And, and so that, well, it was only for 10 minutes. You know, but it's it's irrelevant. Uh-huh. Like people got tens of thousands of pounds worth of fines for having loved ones run when they weren't supposed to, you know, there was. Even like places of worship were punished for, like, you know, no abiding by COVID rules during the, the, the actual heat of the pandemic. Just can't get us a 50 quid fine. And right. there's been multiple breaches. Like, they were all there. They were all a party. They all sat and bare faced lied to us. We've got video footage of fucking Jacob rees Mogg standing on a podium at a party, joking about how, you know, they're having a party and everybody else is fucked. You know what I mean? Like, these guys do not give a fuck. Like, they are now a path to whatever they think they can achieve and there are no consequences for them anymore so we need to start making them we need to start bringing them back we need to actually get to a place where these guys are so afraid of losing their power that they actually stick to the pre-agreed norms of our political process mm-hmm. like and right now they are running rampant on a level that is just you know unprecedented i mean they're a cartel i mean that's what they are they're no political party they're no politicians. They're a fucking cartel. Mm-hmm. They gutted us for test and trace. They gutted us for PPE. They fast tracked our pals. They signed our forty-five billion pounds in loans that just vanished into thin air and were never chased in. But we can't give people an extra twenty quid a week to deal with a cost of living crisis. We can't pay one point two billion to provide school meals to like children who need them over christmases and easter and holidays over summer holidays so are gonna let kids starve but they pay 1.4 billion pounds a year to ship people to rwanda you know what i mean like the whole thing is it doesn't make it is, sense it's gone as 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 an actual functioning entity the house of parliament in the uk sort of political process is fucking dead in the water and like it needs to be burned to the ground and started again so mm-hmm. it does like um it's pure really like spicy rhetoric but i'm this is, it has actually shaken me out of that apathy, and like, I'm literally like, you know what I mean? I wanted to harm to these people, whether aye. it be politically or otherwise, you know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. I Burn the place down. <laughs> but, um, I think like- <laughs> What
1: I, would they lose for I, it? I, I know, mate. I think a lot of people ha- are coming out of it, sort of, it's, I sort of societal apathy post-Covid. It's just kind of like, I just need to focus on myself for a wee bit, yep. and I think this is really kind of shaking it up where people are like this is this feels sort of wrong like badong yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? so bad and wrong it's, badong. <laughs> aye. It's, aye. it's ridiculous man
0: it really is i mean i'm reading it and you're like i don't actually believe that this is happening Do you know what i mean sometimes it is i mean when i seen that that rwanda policy being actually like announced and trumpeted for like the great offices of british state is like a victory for the british economy like I I honestly can't explain to you how I felt about it because it is such an actively fascist policy that I literally could not believe what I was seeing. That anybody in the 21st century would actually propose this type of shit when there is no meaningful basis for any of its benefits whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Like, it is a purely and utterly racist policy. Literally picked straight out the Nazi playbook and it needs to get so far in the bin it's not even fucking funny. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But the fact that they had the boss to pause, they put this shit out there and just be like, this is a victory for the country. You know what I mean? Like, I think it shows you the mentality that we're up against here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like- and what's has there been much commentary
1: for the other side? Like what's what's going on? Well, I mean, I've I seen I seen a tweet for Nicola Sturgeon. mm mm-hmm. What what do we fall into that? I think we just fall into this, didn't we? We basically need to follow these,
0: we don't have any sort of say on how we. Um, immigration, I think the broad policy is largely like UK controlled. I'm not 100%. Right. There is, I think, elements that where we can interject. Aye, one, and, and right? maybe local areas, like local levels and stuff like that, uh, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, I've seen Nicola Sturgeon um pretty full throatedly. Condemn it. Condemn it. Um I've seen Anna War come out and initially sort of dismiss it as a you know sort of distraction tactic a long way. Um, guys like Keir Starmer. Well I, did I put think a tweet. I think it's
1: the opposite, right? I've seen people tweeting saying Rwanda is a distraction for Partygate. Mm-hmm. No, Partygate is a distraction for Rwanda. Mm-hmm. Like but gonna have zero consequences for these people. They don't give yeah. a fuck about that. They're probably laughing Aye. behind closed doors that's not the big thing i think the big thing is these brexit policies yeah. that they've had in their head for a couple of years and now that they're firing out and they'll you people are like this is a distraction for the fact that the prime minister should be and it's like he doesn't give a fuck. Like, no he knows that he can get away with it i mean is there any mainstream media bbc sky news you know is there any of them being like he needs to quit you know, maybe the Mirror, So they've
0: something been something like that. They've like, largely been fucking poodles. A lot of them, to be honest with you, as much as they have been, in my experience anyway, like conveying like the mood of the nation in certain respects. Like I seen a thing with Johnson after the the fines were announced last week, and people were like, "Oh my God, this is going to be the end." And you're like, "Have you been paying attention? Uh-huh. Like, like, come on now, fifty a fifty quid fine is not what's going to get this cunt. You know what I mean? But I seen a, an interview with a journalist. And they were like, is your position untenable? And he was like, I'm having a great time working for the British people and making sure that, you know, this mandate that I've got. And like three, four, five times, just straight up looked the guy in the face and just completely refused to answer Uh the question. Now see, my idea journalists, go after him. Don't just sit there and accept that shit five times. Asking him the question five times and accepting that he doesn't answer it five times is Uh not your job. Like, either get the answer out of him or actually just say to him, why are you even here? Uh-huh. Why, what is this about? Why are you doing this? Because you have gotten the interest in talking to me, you're not going to answer any of the questions that I've got for you, you know that before we even go here. Why the fuck are we even doing this? You know what I mean? Like, it's
1: an insult to the journalist, uh, you know, I would be taking that But kind they're of so tame, I, I, I nebodies, nebodies you know? went
0: for them, like the same with Patel, same with fucking, you know, Reese Morg you and know, all these people, they get to parrot these lines repeatedly without any meaningful challenge whatsoever. And it's, Aye. you know, they can't well, really like, complain when people go, well, they don't, you know, abide by the norms. And you're like, because nobody's making them, nobody's forcing them to abide by the norms.
1: Guys like Boris Johnson and Jacob Rees-Mogg and Pretty Patel have never had to, what like, live by social norms. Like, they've never had to do it. i, I seen a quote during the week for David Cameron, and and it was a, a quote for, like, the late 80s where they were like, oh, the party got a hand. Like Boris set the hotel room on fire. So, if see if you just look at that, right? See if me and you went to a fucking Hilton and had a fucking night out with our mates and set the room on fire, we would be getting the police about the door. <laughs> I would be in jail. Aye, right. Police, or we would at least be, you know, probably asked to pay a, a sum of money that's yeah. out with their budget to just throw. But these people have been able to just throw their weight about their full life because yeah. they've always had the backing. Of their millionaire parents that so if you don't, if you do something, right, cause
0: Johnson's finances are an absolute shambles. I mean, his personal finances, his but where's finan- his dad's? Aye, but, exactly, you know aye. What's,
1: what's he gonna inherit, like you know. It's like if you look at Sonic's personal finances, I bet you they're pretty
0: modest. Aye, why, does his a, wife, why does a guy with billions of pounds want a 150k job? You know, what I mean, what and it's all that oh, he's going to go and retire to California because he doesn't like the way he's been spoken to in the UK. You're like, cool, off you fuck. You know what I mean?
1: Like, I mean? I don't think there would be very many people that are, you know, he's clearly the son or a daughter. He's the son of an immigrant. Would like the way that people speak to them in the UK. Like I'm William. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how fucking Boris speaks to him. Do you know what that I mean? Was. Or the respect that he gets like within his own party? Because, um, I, I mean, but. To go back to the point, like they've never had to live life within social norms. They've always had this element of protection and privilege. Yeah. And now they're in their fifties and it's followed and them through their whole life. Entirely consequence free life. And people are like, how could they do that? How could they set these rules out and know that people are that? they don't give a fuck about you, man? Like no. that. This is this has been the point for day one. They don't care. So that's why. How I'm so shocked that they've done. I wasn't shocked one bit that they were having private parties and blah, no. blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like was not, I would be interested to see if people at Kunzberg were invited because then they'd have known that it was fucking happening and yeah. probably made choices. Like I can't be caught there because so, I'm the prime minister. I, I remember about, I when
0: mean, the story broke, um, the sun were conspicuous in their absence and covering it, and the rumor going about was that members of the staff at the sun had attended down in street parties. Um, and that's why in the initial couple of days when the story broke, there was no like front page headlines about it because they'd have essentially been grassing themselves in. Right. Um, so I can't imagine they're the only ones. in the eyes. Can't imagine they're the only ones in that. But, um, but what about Starmer? So you we were saying that uh, Nicholas Sturgeon and
1: Anna Sarwar have come out and, and gave it the you know expect, well publicly you know like on Twitter mm-hmm. it's like. But
0: yeah. So mm, I asked the question on Twitter the other day there because I had spent them on it was actually I don't know why, because it was a UK wide issue, um I try to think about those in a sort of UK wide context. So when something's happening at Westminster, the first reaction I don't go looking for is Nicola Sturgeons because as much as she'll have an opinion on it, it's not really relevant in the widest sort of enough, sense aye. of the word, you know yep. what I mean? Like, so when shit like this goes done on a UK scale, I tend to look at the opposition. Um and as much as there were a number of Labour MPs who were fully throated, and somebody was kind enough to actually reach out and be like, I've seen quotes for Lamy and so on and so forth. And you're like, Do you know what? Fair fucks them because for a movement that has solidarity at its heart, mm-hmm. I want to see Labour politicians all oh, in the country go, No, fuck this. Like, I'm having nothing to do with this. Like, uh-huh. I'll do everything in my power to stop you. Uh, because that's exactly what I expect from them in situations like this. Um, Starmer had made a comment about it being a distraction along very similar lines to Anis Sarwar at the time. Um, Anis Sarwar? Did I get that wrong there, didn't I? I think I said Anis Sarwar.
1: That's his da, isn't it? we're going to need to have a a, a heavy edit here. See, to be be honest, it's probably an indicator on fucking Scottish politics that we don't know the Proper name of the leader of the Scottish Labour Party. Know, it's definitely Is that right? I, I, I,
0: I'm like doubting ourselves. There. I get mixed up with There, I don't know what mm. happened there. Um, casually racist, unfortunately. We'll definitely get an edit in there. Aye. Um, so I had seen comments fe... for. <laughs> <laughs> I had seen comments, as I said, disparaging um, and saying you know distraction and stuff like that. But I was on the Labour Party's main feed, the Labour Party UK. I was on. Scottish Labour's main feed, I was on Keir Starmer's main feed, I was on Anna Sarwar's main feed, and I never seen any direct condemnation of the policy on any of those platforms. Um, And I did question it, and Sunday was like, Well, here's a list of Labour MPs that I have seen, and I'm like, That's great. And the names like guys like Lam and that are exactly the type of people you expect to be like, No, I'm having none of this. Uh Um, But where's the leadership? But where is the leadership? And a lot of the suggestions were, well, people are waiting, he's, he's waiting to the focus groups come back and what. And, you know, a level of cynicism because in terms of his leadership, he's not offered an awful lot of effective opposition so far. He had a moment in Parliament um, when the party gate story broke where he really went after Johnson in the House of Commons during Prime Minister's questions. Mm. And for the one and only time in his entire time in charge of the party, I thought he looked... And sounded like an effective leader of the Labour Party for once But I've been disappointed in the weeks since not to see that followed up on Because I mean, we're back in like open goal territory again. How many times have we said on a UK wide scale like These guys are so dysfunctional, so incompetent So just egregious that How the fuck do you not beat them? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and you don't beat them by just sitting in the background And waiting to see what happens before you open your mouth uh-huh. Like you actually have the strength of your convictions to stand up and go, no, as the leader of the Labour Party, this is wrong. Uh Like, and I and my whole party will be like, resolutely behind these people to make sure that we help them in any way we can. You know what I mean? I I think cynically, I'm thinking the difference
1: between Partygate and Rwanda is is that Rwanda's a Brexit policy and Partygate's a COVID policy. Now, the majority of people in England probably are on the side of like, party gates bad you know what i mean like if i had to fucking uh, lock down and isolate why are these fuckers not having to do it when it comes to brexit and that's probably why there's a different message ah. coming in scotland because in scotland we were majoritely against brexit so mm. scottish labor are like we don't like this policy but the uk labor party are kind of like we need to just hold our tongues because ah, we we're trying to win yeah. this this vote. the red wall back with tories and stuff like that
0: Um, I don't think they're going to win it back by being silent on shit like this. No, I don't think so either. I think, you know, maybe what working class people want for the Labour Party in England may have changed. I don't know. I think it's more likely that Brexit fucked with everybody's heads deliberately in a way that the people that were maybe traditionally Labour supporters don't have a fucking clue what they want anymore. They just want something to change and... Maybe they thought changing their mind to Tories was gonna to be the way to get this done. I don't know. It's all speculation because I don't agree with whatever the fuck they think anyway, you know what I mean? But, um but I I feel like there's been a wee bit of lack of leadership for the opposition on a UK basis. Like I think it's no help when you come to like this sort of council election and you know, places up in the north and stuff like that are you know, guys like Ross are getting it, standing up in the Scottish Parliament and being, Well, if you vote Tory in the council elections London will be more generous to you. I mean, it's literally blackmail that they've resorted to in the parliament to try and get votes. And it's going to be the same, out happened in the country. You know what I mean? Like, they have starved regions that didn't vote for them and they have sent money to regions that do vote for them traditionally. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not a new thing. But for them to be brazenly coming out and actually saying it now just kind of shows you where they are. You know what I mean? Like, um, And again, I don't don't get how you you don't beat that. Like, everything they're doing has no moral compass whatsoever. Like, I I just don't get how you don't stand up to it and and actually look like the good guy, ain't it? I I just don't get it. I don't get where the equation is, do we do the right thing or do we continue to do the wrong thing and get beat anyway? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I think I'd rather probably do the right thing and get beat than do the wrong thing. 100%, and get beat. Mate. You know what I mean? Aye, like, that's
1: it. 100%. That's that's where I would land on it. Um, if you're trying to be tactical and you get beat anyway, it's like, what's the point? What's the I fucking point? Um, we really
0: want a Labour Party that is like, kind of like, soft on the racism that's went along with us. You know what I mean? Like just for the sake of winning votes, you're like, I don't know, man. But again, we'll see. I, I can only hope that they take an absolute fucking... Tories. Totally taking absolute tanking in these council elections up and in the country and maybe in some sort of UK context, the Labour Party can start building some momentum because, you know, as I say, my apathy for UK-wide politics is now firmly shattered. Like, I want independence. That's an entirely separate issue while we are chained to these fucking nutters. I want an effective opposition mm-hmm. that is actually going to go after these fucking cunts and, and, and just be relentless. Like, Don't stop, don't play nice, don't pull your punches the way you have been. Like, get fucking after them, man. Like, we've waited too long for it. Mm -hmm. 100%. What else has been happening? Uh, So, well, we joked in several years gone by at the turn of the year about World War 3, we came as close this year as, I suppose, any other um, (laughs) with things like the Ukraine. Um, Obviously... I try to, like, as much as I'm all for, you know, the sovereign rights of the Ukrainian people to defend themselves, like, in the beginning, I was quite cautious about how I kind of tried to approach it because, you know, we've done episodes on, like, disinformation and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, like, and when Russia's involved, you know, you have to be extremely careful about what you're actually taking in, what you're (laughs) not taking in, like, Uh you know, helicopters flying into Russia and bombing, you're like, what? You know what I mean? Like that. Almost certainly didn't happen, like and then the count hang, but I think for once like we I made a point on our disinformation episode, but I actually said to the guys it's interesting that a lot of Eastern European countries predominantly ones that share a border with Russia have really active like disinformation education programs uh-huh. some of them even in places like Estonia and that have, like, weekly TV shows on, like, the main TV channel. You know, like, state-sponsored TV shows where they're, like, here's how to spot this shit, here's examples. And So, like, there is a lot of education in areas that border Russia on, like, disinformation, information warfare and stuff like that. And I found it really interesting that the Ukrainians, at least in those early couple of weeks, definitely seem to actually win that war. And it's the the information war anyway. Uh Because... They fought back, you know. what I mean, like Putin has always, and you know, believed in this type of action because it is a line that other decent countries won't cross. Aye, they would never cross right? it. And this is why they won't. <laughs> these America won't stoop to this level or whatever it is. That's been the assumption. And I'm not saying that the Ukraine stooped to anything because they were absolutely defending themselves. Fire with fire, are not they? But I combating and actually like actively. Like uh, engaging the Russian people in disinformation, they were extremely effective. Like, surprising, that they actually used YouTube in a lot of instances. So there's a lot of Ukrainian YouTubers um, who spoke Russian, and a lot of Russian YouTubers who spoke Ukrainian. Who in the early days of the war were really active in trying to like underline that the two countries are actually brothers, and you know they shouldn't be at war like this. And a very like you know love not war message was there. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> loads of them get pretty much arrested and banished and stuff like that but the russians yeah right. russian pop stars filmmakers any a lot of them were out of the country when they made these comments right and were basically told don't even try like coming back here um <laughs> well would you you know like, I, they'll have known it. that up front you uh-huh. know what i mean like, um but you know the big example for me was um was it spider island No. Spider Island. There was about sort of two or three weeks into the Ukrainian crisis, and the story was that a Russian warship approached an island um, off the coast of Ukraine. Spider Island, it's called, and was basically like transmitting to the Ukrainians on the island like a small sort of contingent of the Ukrainian military, essentially surrender or die. And the reports came back that the ukrainian voice on the other end of the radio said go fuck yourselves and it's like a plot of a fucking sylvester stallone movie aren't it? yes it's like, it's like rambo nine now ironically all that that we just discussed did actually happen right um but what didn't happen and what we didn't realize until several weeks later was that the story went that the russians bombed the shit out of the island and killed everybody of the ukrainian so is that the true story no no so weeks later it came out that actually the Russians captured these Ukrainian soldiers and right. actually had them, you know, sort of over alive and, you know, essentially ready to be traded as like pawns and back and forth. Right. Okay. So I at the time was like, I actually said on Twitter, this feels a bit fucking cinematic, like you know, and I had don't know just something about it, and then it came out a couple weeks later, and I was like, right, I feel like I've been right to kind of be careful uh-huh. about what I'm imbibing here, about what I'm taking in for this conflict. Mm-hmm. um but at the same time, that has now moved on to the point where we're seeing pretty undisputable evidence of war crimes, uh, you know, mass graves, there's been talk of chemical warfare, um, there's a huge program of kidnapping Ukrainian citizens and taking them back to Russia. Um, again, I, I'm assuming to use them as bargaining chips to annoying, but they're essentially taking hostages.
1: This is like a fucking country. <laughs> This isn't like a terrorist organization, you know. Yeah. Having to stoop to like taking hostage, you know, like trying to like fight against a superpower with these sort of like low-level tactics, you know. This is an actual fucking sovereign nation that's taking hostages. Yep, that's that's crazy, man. Like that is,
0: that's fucking mental. It is absolutely insane. Um, but again, we've also got things like you know what the way they're treating their own people. I think in the early weeks that yeah, I'd seen. Some like three thousand people in Moscow had been detained and arrested for political protest, but that figure all across Russia was some at that, at that time. And again, this was only about three or four weeks into the conflict. It was like thirteen, fourteen thousand people all across Russia who had been jailed, as well as you know some of their prominent artists, some of their prominent internet figures and stuff like that. So, you, I get the impression that there's a real sort of sense in Russia that these the Russian people don't, don't want this. this war. You know what I mean? Like it's very much Putin's war. We're seeing footage of. Russian soldiers going into the Ukraine and, you know, being captured, being allowed to phone their mums. Again, this is all, you know, great propaganda for the Ukraine, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like showing a human side to themselves. Like, again, how much it is staged, how much it is actually real, I don't think we're ever really gonna know. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. but they actually met Russia head-on on this front. And I think Putin expected I mean, he's been laying the groundwork for this since 2014. He's already annexed the Crimea. There's already places like Donbass and the other area where he's been putting Russian soldiers without insignia in for you know the best part of a decade, and then claiming that there's fascists in the area that he needs to go in and like deal with when they're actually like Russian Uh soldiers that are in there without the markings of the Russian army. You know what Uh I mean? Um, So I mean, this is a a, a, something that was going to happen for a long time. You know what I mean? Like he's clearly had eyes on you know the. Patriotizing or whatever you call it, the Ukraine or sections of the Ukraine for a considerable period of time. Um, the fact that the Ukrainians have now kept it up for 50 plus days, I think, is wildly, and I don't think Putin or any of the Russians expected anything like this. Um, so, I mean, things like the, their own disinformation campaigns and their engagement with like the wider world, things like NATO and the EU have really, like, drag this beyond what is probably tenable for the Russians. I think in a lot of respects. Like a couple of weeks ago, they conscripted another hundred and thirty thousand soldiers just because you know what I mean. Like, so they're taking what farewell for the Russian Their population. Population. Ah, just, just like you can, you can. You're young enough. Unity you coming exactly in. The same as like conscription. You know, back right. in World War II or whatever. Uh-huh. It was. The state just decided that they needed another hundred thirty thousand bodies and went and got them. You know what I mean. Like, so again, the the hardware they've lost, the PR battles that they've lost, the sanctions I mean, obviously, you know everything's going on with Chelsea and stuff like that Even you know, the wider implications of what has went on I don't think he anticipated I think he, was, he thought he was going to just roll up like he did with the Crimea and people were just going to be like, right, whatever. For sure I think that,
1: I, I 100% agree with what, what you're saying um, there's a couple of bits that you know like i think of like weird mm-hmm. um like the ukrainian prime minister doing a speech at the oscars and
0: see like that sort of like hearts and minds like, i think he also banned all political opposition at one point no i think in other examples of war it's probably more traditional to form like a rainbow coalition where all the political parties are rolled into the government for the sake of wartime purposes but I'm pretty sure he passed some sort of legislation that essentially nullified any political opposition. Right. Um,
1: which. Kind of like what Boris is trying to do here, in a sense, where he's like, you know, I can't quit because we're at war. And you're like, we're not war. We're not at war. There's a war happening. Aye. And we've changed prime minister in every fucking major war we've ever been in. So it's, it's another another one of these ones where the supporters will just be like, that's right. Aye. We don't do that during war. And you're that like, that agrees with my That agrees with my A 100%. Right. Yes. But. I think, aye, like, that type of stuff, like him popping up at the Oscars and stuff, you're just like, oh, I don't know, man. Like, it gives me the, the sort of, uh,
0: gives me the It's been part of that campaign, though, to bring in Western support and actually ally yourself with as much, you know, Western ideas and culture as possible, so that the longer this goes on, the more obliged people feel. And, it, and it, I get the tactic, it is. It's a bit weird to see him someday at the aye the Oscars or the whatever it was. There was something else, was the Grammys or something. Aye, it was, it was aye. One of the two. He's like
1: zooming in, <laughs> like these events. No, where he's like, like camo and a different you know, type of
0: approach. You know what I mean?
1: Like, like, but I think, like you said, we can call it what it is. It's propaganda. Aye, it's propaganda. It's like how many people are going to watch this? Millions of people, you know. And that's like like get him in front of the cameras. Aye. He's an ex actor. He can in. And,
0: aye, 100%. I think the biggest irony of this is that. He has a. He was a comedian who ran a show about being the Ukrainian president, and then became be like, the Ukraine. He's be been the Ukrainian. He's been the fake Ukrainian president longer than he's uh-huh. been the real Ukrainian be president because,
1: Um fucking electing Peter Capaldi to become like the chief whip, of <laughs> <laughs> like, the Labour Party <laughs> or whatever. Aye, if, if they and ordered Malcolm Tucker in real life. <laughs> like it's a strange one. It really is and, and I'm I'm kind of like well, I to go back to that um what you were talking about with the, the information. It's been really really interesting to notice people that were pure knee deep in COVID disinformation now coming away with like Russian military disinformation. Yeah. Like somebody that I know through somebody was who was always like kind of COVID skeptic, right? Yep. Kind follow the rules, has been vaccinated but almost like through gritted teeth. Yeah. Is now being like, I but like the Ukrainians have got like factions of Nazis in their country. And yep. I was sent to I was sent a friend, look, they could take a snapshot of Glasgow on the twelfth of July. And, you know, like, let's just say Ireland wants to Annex Glasgow and they're like, look what's going on in yep. that country. They're anti-Catholic, racist Nazis. They wear their hoods down in the the West Coast. It's like, but what percentage of this population are a member of the Orange Lodge? It's like very small. But they could take these snapshots and be yep. like, this is what's going on in Scotland. Weaponize them and it's real. One, it's real. I was like, we've got neo-Nazis in this fucking country. Like, but I think that then I was also like, take that, put that to one side, and then go into like these are Russian actors and like soldiers that have been going in, in and out and trying to like sort of stoke the flames it's classic like um we,
0: britain did out in pakistan and india and like the, you know it's almost a form of, like it's almost a form of, like guerrilla warfare in the sense where it's under you know the radar as much as possible like um aye but again it is a cohesive deliberate plan that has been in place to steal as much land for the ukrainians as is possible since like 2014 oh, i mean so. like, this is it coming to our it's the latest head. If you get me, well, th- this
1: is this is the the crescendo, and I'm I think I'm I'm right beside you where I think Putin has thought they're gonna shite it, like the West will shite it. They'll day they're weak. What's gonna happen is I'm gonna come in, I'm gonna do this, and they're gonna just give me what I want because if I don't, I'll threaten to press a button. He's never gonna fucking press the button though.
0: Aye, I think they the button were- they were worried about was oil and gas reserves more than anything else, and I think. It's quite telling when you see Biden or shaking hands with the EU. And, you know, they'd say at the time something like 6% of the EU's gas comes from Russia. But that demand is now being met by America. Um, so there is a lot of like moving pieces in that sort of geopolitical game that we're just not even qualified to like talk about. Talk about not um, We don't know what's going aye, on behind that. But there's a lot going on behind the scenes that is much about political posturing. That's why they've not just went send in the american army you know uh, I mean? like, just like, fucking carpet send in them. nato you know and i mean like going like like roll them into the eu approve their ascension as an emergency measure put them on like a temporary basis and then what's putting like Do going to go to war with the whole eu like is he going to go to war with the eu and i mean, i don't know that he is you know what i mean nah. like, he's sounds daft to say it, but he's too smart for that he's too experienced for that you know what i mean like Nobody is actually willing to push buttons on a nuclear war, like so. Everything else is just like saber rattling. You know what I mean? Like, um, <clears throat> but I, it's where it is now. I don't know. As I say, it feels like you know for for guys like Bellingcat and a lot of the kind of like independent guys that are quite credible and and generally have the sort of finger on the pulse, and they are kind of talking about you know a Russian collapse no being. You know, too far away. I've got absolutely no idea how legitimate that uh-huh. is. I know there's also then chat uh, places in uh, Maripol where you know the Ukrainian president is saying if you don't let the last of your survivors out of there, that there is no peace deal. I mean, so there is areas of the country that sound as though they are just about ready to fall. There is other country er, areas of the country where there has been significant pushback, Hank, particularly in like places like Kiev and stuff like that. Um, But then there are also huge parts of the country that have just completely collapsed. Uh Um, So, I mean, I don't know how accurate any of the estimates are. Put
1: your bets, right? Go back two years ago, right? And if you were to say, Russia will invade Ukraine and they'll get pushed back, you would be like, no chance. Hmm. You'd be like, they'll go in and they'll just wipe the fucking floor with them. Uh That's the idea that's like Uh, the Russian bear the great Russian bear this is this is is the problem is is that people think that it's that easy look at what happened to America and Afghanistan like Afghanistan were like pretty much fucking throwing stones at them Mm -hmm. and in a military sense like AK-47s guns that were created in the 60s the IOK they maybe capture some anti-tank fucking missiles anti whatever. but these are no like properly funded military entities that are coming up against, like, basically the biggest armies on the planet mm-hmm. and are kind of like pushing them back. It's, yeah. I think it's either kind of, there's a bit of me that's sort of like, how much of this is just getting kept the way that it is? Mm. Because how much money
0: has been spent on military, like, so, equipment I mean, for, like, America and EU, like... the NATO, these guys? There is definitely a lot of waiting and seeing going on, by the looks of it, on the outside. Um, I think one of the things people will forgot is that as we said, this has been going since 2014, when we look at, I don't know if anybody's seen the Netflix documentary about the Ukrainian revolution run about then, where, like, the people of the Ukraine have repeatedly and, like, actively fought back against Russian political and military aggression for the best part of a decade, mm-hmm. and I'm no surprised they've won, because they chased out the puppet presidents, you know what I mean, they've the russians on a political level in terms of the infrastructure that's going on and there are still pro-russian politicians all across the country But of course of course the days of putting deciding who's going to be the president and dropping them in the seat are done and that was because uh, the protest movement that the ukrainian people just rose up on mass and drove them out um so i mean i the historical idea that like the russian bear the army that you know this unstoppable force that you know used to be the case. I don't know if that's still the case or no, but I, I wouldn't say I was as surprised as some other people that the Ukrainians have fought as ferociously as they have because they've been doing it for the best part of a decade and we've just not been paying attention. Uh-huh. That's it. I mean, mm-hmm. even I've,
1: I've, I've got a mate that's ex-forces and he was saying stuff, like, see if you watch the videos the Russians don't even hold their guns right. He's like, they're, no, they're so poorly trained. Coming wins
0: off the street and sending them. <laughs> you know what I mean, it's what? just no gonna win is it? Especially when you come up against <clears throat>
1: Like if they end up coming up against a British army that's been in fucking Northern Ireland, you know, and, and then Afghanistan, Mm -hmm. literally like urban warfare, so super trained, know how to deal with these things. And then they're pulling people off the street that can't even hold a fucking gun. So I don't think they. I think if they come up, if it does escalate and they come up against what would be, you know, what would we call it? The coalition forces or whatever. Mm -hmm. I think they would just get fucking wiped. Like,
0: I don't see them having anything for them. I think at this point some sort of peace deal is is going to be the main sort of goal because it sounds as though the wheels are in motion. The Russians are asking for stuff that they just just are not achievable like you know no joining NATO and you know some of the some of the things that they're asking of the Ukraine just they just, just cannot politically concede these points. You know what I mean like Surrender the Donbass, I kind of remember the other zone but surrender the other zone the same mm-hmm. way as the, C- the Crimea and I, I think at this point the demands they're making are unrealistic to the point where there's going to have to be a serious climb down on the Russian part before any meaningful sort of peace deal but then you go into these negotiations and you set the bar so high so that whatever you actually get is still a result you know what I mean um, but again I don't know how that looks at this point mm-hmm. you know what I mean but I hope that the Ukrainian people keep up their resolve and keep up the best of their ability and I hope that, you know, if it doesn't continue on the path that it's on, that, you know, places like the EU, places like the US and NATO and the UK who are apparently doing more than anybody else for the Ukrainian people, um, you know, get their finger out and actually maybe, as you say, put this coalition of forces together that stand on the line and go like no further, like get to fuck. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't see it right now but you know, if it gets to the stage where it's really needed, I hope it, I hope it materialises. Uh-huh.
1: It's one of the reasons why I don't really worry about it that much. Mm. You know, people are like, "Fucking, you worried about this war in Russia?" And You're kind of like, "Nah, don't." I, I don't, I don't see it being anything like. I think if it gets to that point, it will be too much for mm.
0: Russia to really fight back. I mean, against. when we're dealing with mass graves and chemical warfare, there probably is an argument that we're already past that point. But again. I'm no I, I maybe I'm we no should have qualified <laughs> I'm not qualified to say that as it in the case. Maybe we should me. have already
1: intervened I, rather than just like we're talking about this wait and see, just taking a wee step back and sort of going, Oh, you can let's get some donations, get some money into Ukraine. Yeah. Now you can give us that money back by buying like yeah. tanks and guns and
0: whatever. Letting our is. guys rebuild your hospitals and letting our guys rebuild your schools and your roads and your airports and blah blah blah. That's exactly how it works. Um
1: I, May- this is this is a this has got to be a weird one i was in the science museum in amsterdam nice was in amsterdam right and there's like this exhibition where it's like what would happen if the i don't know why well i don't know why this has came to mind but what would happen if the world so you've got a globe in front of you and you mm-hmm. take it like away for the sun and you take it closer to the yeah. sun and it was like well if if we were going to do this right and it was like getting further away from the sun they were like we would need to live so many feet above sea level mm-hmm. it took you to this like sort of floating city and it had Lockheed Martin on everything <laughs> and I turned, <laughs> to, I, turned to, I turned around to my mate and it was like, mate, they, I was like, they know, they know what they're going to do. Like, uh-huh. what the fuck? Why is this all branded Lockheed Martin? Like, why right. did it just have no branding on it or whatever? But it's like, they're planting a fucking seed, man. Po- <laughs>
0: they're, 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 uh, foreshadowing.
1: <laughs> the, the other one was if we get closer, we would need to go under ground and again everything was all branded Lockheed Martin I was like this is creepy
0: probably find that as a science centre they're obviously Sponsored. heavily involved in scientific research it's probably like but at the same time there is an undertone there that is hard to ignore isn't it you know what I mean aye. all the post-apocalyptic worlds that we see in movies and games and stuff like that where we're all living in bunkers but either all Lockheed Martin or aye, what was the other one that used to be about the Donald Rumsfeld's one Oh fuck knows aye. Lockheed Martin was the bushies I know that. There was a, f- a few of them. Was... doing that and um, all these black water type guys and stuff like that. Aye, mm-hmm. um, aye. Oh,
1: well, it was just weird. weird, mate. It was just when aye. we were think- talking about like military equipment getting sold, and I was just like, I obviously Lockheed Martin will be making a pretty penny mm-hmm. for the conflict in in Ukraine, um, it, but you know. It, and also is the timing of this like strange as well where they they end or they withdraw from the middle east and then like weeks months later it's like oh we need we need money
0: like i think we predicted this as well did we know except I'd, i had gambled on like south asia southeast asia because it uh-huh. historically like the americans tend to fluctuate between <laughs> the middle east and and that <laughs> and, part and of the, the world Pacific, uh, I, so I, I was maybe a wee bit off in that respect but you don't have a military-industrial complex in like New War, you <laughs> know. I mean, like the two are incompatible. Aye, you know it I mean? needs like, to go somewhere, but I it was just a
1: a strange um like thing to see where everything and this thing, no matter what the solution was, the supplier of the the equipment that's going to save humanity is going to be Lockheed Martin, you know. Aye, owned by the Bush family. Beautifully put. Well, we're up.
0: Uh, just about. I mean, obviously we've got a few bits and bobs coming up in the, in the next few weeks. Now that we're actually back at it, um. Next week we are speaking with one of the guys at Strathclyde University um, about crypto and about NFTs and stuff because one of the very few things we've no getting into recently that I still have like an interest in but I'm like, I don't understand this. I'm going to be spending a lot of the next week trying to understand it <laughs> before we sit down. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also going to be speaking in the coming weeks with a group of guys called um, jags for good um, who are in the middle of like charity fundraising towards the end of the season. They're going to have a lot of um, sort of party guys, and hopefully players and stuff like that involved in that. So, you know, if you see that sort of building in social media the next couple of weeks, feel free to give them a follow and maybe make a wee bit of a donation and stuff like that. Send like a good bunch of guys and looking forward to getting them in for a chat as well because who doesn't love a football for a good story? Hundred percent, mate. But now I've
1: enjoyed just catching up on politics and I just what it's been same. good to get back in the swing.
0: Sort of hundred percent. Um, I now need to like some way to let go of the incandescent rage that I'm feeling right now because we're about to sit and watch a Celtic Rangers game and I think there's probably going to be enough of that for the next 90 minutes as it is. (laughs)